1: Hey, it's Dan, and this is our Thursday edition of the Orange Brown Talk podcast, where Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsco, Ellis Williams, and I look ahead to Saturday's preseason opener against the Jacksonville Jaguars and give you the things we are watching when the Browns open the preseason. So that's coming up. I do want to warn you, uh, I got a new microphone, so the audio that some of you have said isn't so great. I'm trying to make it a little bit better. My mic ended up a little bit hot, so I'm still kind of trying to figure out some of the ins and outs of it, but uh, work in progress but I think you'll hear some improved sound on this. Hey, you should become a Football Insider subscriber. Go to cleveland.com Browns. Click the blue banner at the top of the page to get an exclusive newsletter in your inbox every single day. Access to exclusive stories on cleveland.com Browns and to become one of our text subscribers. Again, it's the blue banner at the top of the page at cleveland.com Browns. All right, here's our Thursday Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Here we go on our Thursday Orange to Brown Talk podcast. The Browns practice for the final time before they head to Jacksonville to play against the Jaguars. Some of the Browns to play against the Jaguars. Not many of the significant Browns players playing in that game. But regardless, we are going to talk a little bit of preseason football. In fact, Ellis, I'm going to find the line here while we're talking. And and we're going to we're going to revive the the pick spot here. We're going to make some picks. (laughs) All right. I like that. (laughs) things to watch in this game. Let's go around the horn and and discuss. Mary Kay, kick us off. What's what's the first thing you're going to be watching?
2: You know what? I'm going to say Greg Newsome. He is the Browns' first-round pick, number 26 overall this year. He's going to get a lot of playing time. And I watch him on the sidelines. I've watched him every practice so far. Uh, He really, every second on those sidelines, he's talking to Troy Hill. uh, He's talking to Denzel. He's getting schooled up. And I'm really anxious to see what he does out there and, and just how ready he looks. Because I remember watching Denzel in his rookie training camp, and he looked really good. He looked ready to start. Like you just knew it. I mean, he was 100 percent ready. So I want to get a feel for how ready is Greg Newsome to go out there and start a football game against the Kansas City Chiefs?
1: I mean, this is a great one to start with. Right. Because Greg Newsome, first round pick, could play inside, could play outside and probably one of the few potential starters who could play uh, on Saturday night. So, uh, Scott, I mean, this is a pretty good first person to, to discuss here.
0: Yeah, and I think we've talked before about how that battle with Grady Williams is kind of, hasn't really taken off, you know, in any significant direction at this point, point. Uh, and we're waiting for something to happen, and maybe this is where, you know, he shows that he, he, he's able to take the lead in that, uh, and I think a rookie is a great way to start, because for one, Kevin Stefanski, I think, said today that all healthy rookies will play, so at least we'll see that. We're not going to see a lot of uh, front-line guys, but we will see the rookies, and yeah, I, I, Greg Newsom's is a good place to start. I think even in practices, they've really – it just feels like there's more walk-through pace stuff this year. So even though we've seen him go full speed sometimes, there's still some pulling up sometimes at the very end of a play that wouldn't happen in a game. And then, like I said, it's just a lot of walking through and pretending to throw. So actually seeing him out there against another team full speed, uh, we, should, we should see something.
3: Yeah, and I think it's a, a some great recall there by Mary Kay. You know, if the Browns, regarding Denzel Ward, if the Browns had played in, you know, some preseason games a year ago, we probably would have noticed Jedrick Wills being ready to start day one from the jump. Some players just have that. Uh, you know, of course, a guy like Denzel picked fourth overall, Jed 10th, and you're talking about now Greg, a much later pick, but you're still a first-rounder. And, and Mary Kay makes a great point about when a guy steps out there, You just know. Sometimes you just know, and Greg Newsom has a a real opportunity to prove that early and just separate himself from, like you said, Dan, the number two corner battle that really doesn't feel like it's started yet.
1: Do we think we're going to see Greedy on on Saturday? That that's an interesting one because obviously, with starters not playing, and Greedy has been the first team corner, but it feels like this is if this is an actual battle, he's maybe the one guy that you consider a starter who maybe would play at the same time he's coming back from injury. So maybe, maybe you're going to play it safe.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, there would be some wisdom in throwing him out there a little, a little bit just to see uh, what he can do since he was out of football all last mm-hmm. year. You might want to just get him some of those reps, uh, get him, you know, a little bit of contact by the same token. Uh, maybe you don't want to give him a little bit of contact at this point in the preseason. Maybe you just want to put a little bubble wrap on that shoulder and get him mm-hmm to the season healthy. So, uh that one could go either way. There are a, there are a number of veterans that I wonder about, you know, Jed Wills being another one. Like because Jed didn't even play in a preseason game last year, would he think about throwing Jed in? I I kind of doubt it, but he's another one that crossed my mind. Um but yeah, I I don't know. I think if, if it were up to me, I would not play greedy in this game.
3: I'm not sure what the right move is. At the end of the day, Greedy needs to get back into tackling. You know, these defensive guys can go through their, their reps and their technique and know the, the scheme and understand concepts and recognize route distributions. Football is a game of scoring and tackling, and it's been a while for Greedy. I'm not saying that throwing him out there Saturday is the best way to re expose him to the tackling world of football, but it has to happen eventually. But yeah, I guess I can't answer your question. I, I, if you had the medical information, you could make that decision, but it, it needs to happen.
0: Eventually you got to go out there and prove, you can tackle the football. I don't see the point in putting greedy out there right away because there are decisions you need to make further down the roster sooner. And you know, greedy Williams and Greg Newsom are both making this roster and that I think it can wait. And I think you can use, you know, use your practices, use your meetings and stuff like that to kind of gauge where things are at and save both of those guys, or at least greedy for, you know, maybe New York or or Atlanta.
2: Um, Yeah. And you know what, Scott, it's interesting. I'm glad you brought that up, that both of those guys are going to make the roster because I was listening to the radio the other day and some, some sports talk guys were surmising that maybe greedy will not make the roster and that's just not going to happen. OK, so let's rule that out right now. You're absolutely right about that. Both of those guys are making this team and that's not even in question. See, yeah, that's if the past, you,
3: oh, sorry, if ahead, the, few years, if the past few years have proven anything. This Browns team needs, you know, six or seven DBs. So, you know, Greedy couldn't be safer. And a lot of these guys, um, though, with stuff to prove, feel safe. They just need the depth
1: in that spot. That's why you should listen to the Orange and Brown Talk, Pat, the Orange and Brown Talk podcast as opposed to go.
0: sports radio. Okay, uh, Scott, what are you watching? Um, obviously, the rookies are going to be high on my list, but I'm going to go a different direction here. And uh, the people on special teams, particularly Cody Parkey, Chase McLaughlin, this is when the kicking battle really gets going because it's going to be full action. It's, you know, people aren't holding up. The, the edge rushers aren't wearing, aren't holding pads as they come towards you. Uh, you know, real game situations. And then also the returners, Especially guys like JoJo Nance and Ernest Johnson, Jamarcus Bradley, who uh, has been in the mix uh, punt returning punts. Um, you know those guys aren't going to get a ton of opportunities to do those things during preseason. So this, you know, everything's kind of magnified with them, and this is the time when they can really make an impact. Uh, again, going going full speed on special teams, which you, I mean, you're not going to replicate that in practice. Jamarcus Bradley, by the way. I don't know how you guys feel about him in, in camp, but I, I watched that guy. And I think like in another life, he's the Rashard Higgins on this team because he's been very solid. He's fast. They're there. I mean, they're the same size, like literally listed at the same size, but he's a little faster. And, you know, he's back on punt returns, So he's got maybe a little more elusiveness, but they seem very similar. And like I said, he, he just seems to catch everything and he's not going against the frontline defense very much, but It just feels like the, you know, the timing was not good for him here, but it very well, you know, could have worked out differently. Mm -hmm.
2: I agree with you on that. I mean, he has gotten so many reps. Every time you look up 84 is catching the ball. And that's because obviously Odell Beckham Jr. Has not been in team drills yet. They have really kind of limited Jarvis's team drills. Rashard had the rolled ankle and uh, Jamarcus has been out there a ton. So it might work in his favor uh, in terms of catching on with another team or ending up here on the practice squad or whatever the case may be.
3: Yeah. I was just going to say that it's a, it's an interesting situation this team has at receiver and it almost feels like these guys or their agents perhaps uh, pitched coming to Brown's camp as a showcase, an opportunity to showcase your stuff. No, you weren't going to make the Browns team, but you could get opportunities due to the limited workload. I mean, Odell being missing, who knows what Jarvis is going to go kind of opportunities he'll get in this preseason that joint practice with the giants. I mean, do you, do you throw Jarvis and guys like that out there? Do you protect them and just keep Bradley going? And then like Mary Kay said, before, you know what, you, you might have an opportunity on another team because the reps are there now, but won't be later, of course. And as for special teams, Dan, I, I you were all over it. And something I read from you the other day, the matchup between Jojo Nats and, and Dimitri Felton, though, different. I, was, I, I think it was Dearness Johnson. Dearness Johnson. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yep. Yeah, returning Dearness Johnson and um, and Jojo Nats in different positions of course but on the offense side of the ball when it comes to returning uh, the eyes got to be there uh, i mean down in people's jones you held your breath at times a year ago uh, returning punts uh, returning kicks the team just wasn't explosive there's a lot to figure out there and and you and Scott have been all over that
1: yeah i, I think with with kind of a, it's a battle we haven't talked about but in trying to find a home for dearness johnson on this roster because i thought he's been really good in camp uh, and he might come up a little later in this pod in trying to find a home for him on this roster if he's as good a return guy or a good enough return guy i think you put him on over a guy like jojo natson and he can't quite do as much um and and so i think that's kind of one of those battles that on August 31st, we might be sitting here saying, "Oh, maybe, maybe we weren't paying as much attention to that as, as we should have been." Um, yeah, kicking wars—they're going to alternate kicks, so uh, that that should be interesting, and, and we'll get a look at these kickers, like you said, Scott, um, in the uh, in real kicking situations. All right, Ellis, what do you have? Yeah, for me,
3: look—not not to make this about me, but anyone who reads or knows me, um, only child, so that tends to be how this ends up. Unfolding. This is my first preseason, really. If you think about it, you know I, I was brought on here at Cleveland.com in week two of the regular season. Last year was what it was, and here we are at the preseason. So I got this whole list of people I'm watching. <laughs> and can see it's written on the back of a receipt, which tells you a lot about where I write out here in Crocker Park. Um, but to answer the question, I, I have my eyes on what's going to happen with these backup offensive linemen. And I know it doesn't sound sexy or fun, but I was sidebarring with uh, someone the other night, just about, you know, what are they going to do with Michael Dunn? What does Chris Hubbard look like? Uh, James Hudson at tackle. There's, there's a lot of spots that we don't know a lot about. You know, we talk about the dominance of this Browns offensive line for good reason from left to right. All starting five are bona fide studs in this league, quite frankly, but that all can change very quickly. Right. I mean, we saw Jedrick Wills go down early in Kansas city, uh, Wyatt Teller missed time last year for for two different injuries. Your backup linemen hold incredible levels of importance on a roster. And I, you know, fans probably tend to forget that early in the year because, you know, people tend to be healthy and, and you don't want to think about guys getting hurt, but it it can happen at any time. And who's going to, who's your swing tackle? You know, is it Hudson? Is it Hubbard? What's going on with Michael Dunn? He really impressed, you know, in those games he played and you know reading more about him this summer it seems like you know this is everyone wants it but there's something about his opportunity here that seems like something he hasn't experienced before or had a chance to really prove so I'm gonna have my eyes just on the backup lineman they could ha- play a huge role in this season you know we saw it last year a guy even like Nick Harris you know how's that development coming a lot of guys um, backing up key players up front which is could be pivotal moments if anyone goes down.
1: That's, that's a good one, too. Jack Conklin missed a game last year and also left the Pittsburgh game early, the playoff game. So, yeah, you need, you need one or two bodies. You're going to need somebody to step in, even for a game or two at some point.
2: Yeah, James Hudson, you know, I am very intrigued to watch him and see what he's all about. Uh, you know, he passes he, the eyeball test, that's for sure. You know, he's, he's a, a, a big body. He looks athletic and physical. And he should be able to eventually uh, not only be a backup tackle, but also perhaps be a backup guard. And uh, I'm very interested to see what he can do on Saturday night.
0: Yeah, the Browns, the Browns know what the worst case scenario is, right? They went through it last year. They had one of their linemen have to introduce himself to the starting quarterback uh, in the locker room before a game. So you don't want that to happen. You want to have uh, a good collection of, of backups and obviously you want to keep everybody healthy too. But uh, yeah, that's, that's something that is going to be front and center in this game because I mean, those first five guys I would assume are not playing. Um, and I think, I think JC Tretter was the only player who, the only lineman who didn't either miss a game or almost all of a game last season. So it's, it, you know, it, it happens and it's, it's likely to happen again.
1: And, and look, when we talk about all this, let's not forget, there are still COVID protocols. Like there's still things that are outside of injuries uh, that, that could hurt you if, if something hits at the wrong time. So you, so you still have to be ready for that and plan for that. Hey, it's Dan. And before we get back to the podcast, let me tell you about our virtual Orange and or Brown season kickoff event taking place on Wednesday, September 1st from 6.30 to 8 o'clock p.m. You can join Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, Ellis Williams, Doug Maurice, Terry Pluto, and me. We'll have in-depth discussions on the team analysis, a live auction, and even some surprise cameos. Tickets for the event are free, and they can be reserved through the link in the bio of this podcast, or the description of this podcast, I should say. There's also a VIP experience. Enter for a chance to win tickets to a special smaller group VIP experience with Browns alumni players and Cleveland.com sportswriters. There's only 150 tickets available for this special experience, so to enter the ticket sweepstakes, again, go to that link in the description of this podcast to enter. Again, that's our Orange and Brown virtual season kickoff event on Wednesday, September 1st from 630 to 8 p.m. Mine is going to be a couple names we've already mentioned, but I think it's every year there's some running back who just shines in preseason, right? Browns fans uh, remember Ben Gay, who had a great preseason. Isaiah Crowell had an incredible fourth preseason game and basically made it impossible for the Browns to sneak him onto waivers. And he stuck around for a little while. So, I mean, I'm watching what Dearness Johnson does and I'm watching what Dimitri Felton does. I think those two guys are in a little bit of a battle. Um, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a scenario where Felton doesn't make the roster. There probably is one where Johnson doesn't. So those guys are in a little bit of a battle. And if I had to put one ahead of the other, I would say it's probably Dearness Johnson. Uh, but Felton playing a little bit of wide receiver and maybe they'll kind of be in that Nick Chubb Kareem Hunt role where Johnson's the runner on Saturday night and Felton's the Kareem Hunt kind of route runner and pass catcher. But I think those are two guys to watch who, who could put up one of those guys. I think is going to put up some numbers uh, on Saturday night and Browns fans are going to be really excited about it. And, and it might be Dearness Johnson because he's put up numbers in real games. Well, we
2: got an opportunity to talk to, Dimitri Felton today uh, on a zoom call. And he was, I thought he was really, really good. And the thing about Dimitri Felton uh, ever since going all the way back to rookie camp is they really did plan on having him focus more on running back, but um, Anthony Schwartz suffered this hamstring injury and he met, he's just missed so much time. He's missed a lot of training camp now and he missed a lot of the spring. That's unfortunate because Obviously, you know, I'm sure we probably will not see him at all on Saturday night. And um, he had really improved his hands when he came back at the start of camp. His hands looked so much better. But because he has been out of that receiver room and out of the receiver rotation, Demetric Felton has kind of slid in there and they've given him way more reps as a receiver. And he's been able to handle it. He's been able to handle this dual role of running back and receiver. And as he talked about on the podcast, I mean, on the zoom today, that like they tell him the night before what he's going to be the next day, you're going to be a running back t- tomorrow. Am I might, you know, he finds out at night. Uh, so he, he doesn't, you know, he wakes up and goes and he chooses a position. So, you know, that's been kind of cool that he's been able to handle it like that. Uh, he also mentioned that he would like to have a practice where he does both because he feels that, that he can handle that. And he wants to have a game where he does both. But I think the key for him is that, the Anthony Schwartz injury has given rise to Demetric Felton having more of a chance to enhance his skills as a receiver. And I think he's done a tremendous job with it.
3: Yeah. These, these injuries are getting tricky for the Browns. We can talk about what it means for the defense and safeties maybe in a bit, but just speaking about the wide receiver room and to bring Jojo Natson back into it, we talked about mm-hmm. the possible returning battle between him and Darius Johnson. I'm not sure that, Dimitri Felton provides the same type of lateral stress that a guy like Jojo Natson does behind the line of scrimmage. You know, you see Jojo even take reps with the ones and he does pre-stat motion and those, those fake jet sweeps or those orbit bubbles that really stress linebackers and safety sideline to sideline where Dimitri's more of a, you know, a slot receiver and he's, he looks really nice at it. He's going to carve out a role in this league doing something specific but they're different receivers, and I think Kevin. I'm, I'm confident Kevin fancy and his staff know that, so then it goes back to the position battles like, like what do you value, and where else can you get it? And this Anthony Schwartz injury is really making that tricky because I know before he got hurt, he was doing a lot of the stuff JoJo was doing, and that's probably the role they wanted him for.
0: You know, Dan, while you were talking, I was frantically searching, trying to find the name of the running back who he had like 200 yards against the lions in the last preseason game for the Browns. And they cut him the next day. I can't for the life. Remember, remember who that, that was, was,
1: that was the Fred, that was the game that got Freddie hired. Wasn't it? Well, no, this is a while back.
0: This is, oh, okay. think, this is earlier in, uh, in the return, but man, I remember that game. It wasn't Ben gay. I'm pretty sure it wasn't Ben gay, but anyways. Um, but yeah, as far as Demetric Felton goes, uh, that's a really good one to watch because I'm curious to see how teams play him too. Um, you know when he comes out of the backfield you know is he is he matched up against linebackers or safeties or is a is a slot corner take him uh and how does he do against those against those different matchups because you know the browns are going to be tracking that and 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 watching what he can do against various sized players and players with different coverage abilities. so uh that'll be something fun to watch and then just it, it's really unfortunate as far as Darius Johnson goes that his we're going to see him behind the offensive line is not as good as, you know, what Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt typically run behind. Uh, and that's going to go a long way towards determining, you know, if he makes this team. So uh, it's, it's not ideal, but I mean, outside of that, it's kind of his time to shine for sure.
1: Can I, can I just say, ask this about Demetric Felton um, and kind of how they're using him? I, I do get a little nervous sometimes about putting too much on a guy's plate and maybe not just letting him settle into a spot. Like on the other side with Jeremiah owusu Kormoa, they're sort of just saying, hey, you're the Will linebacker, and we'll go from there. And I, I just wonder if, you know, and maybe it's because we're not going to see a lot of Demetric Felton this year. You know, I mean, are you going to have Felton on the field or Cream Hunt? I, that's a lot, some of the decisions they're, they're going to have to make. But it does give me a little pause that maybe... And and he was a little bit of a dual threat at UCLA, and I know he did some wide receiver stuff at the Senior Bowl, so he just might be a different guy. But it does give me a little pause that are are they asking him to do a little too much too soon?
2: You know what? I was thinking about this when we started talking about Demetric Felton. When I think of every single practice that I have watched him participate in this training camp, I look out there and the moment does not look too big for Demetric Felton every time he's out there taking a rep. He looks like he belongs, and he must have demonstrated that he was ready to assume the dual role and and how he's handling it, because I think they do take it easy with guys if they think, if they sense that a guy isn't ready for too much, they'll dial it back. Like you said, with JOK, they dialed it back a little bit. You know, originally, it was going to be JOK was going to rule the world, and then little by little, they kind of, and part of it is because... He missed 10 days with COVID, but around the COVID-19 reserve. But with him, they kind of just like honed in on, like you said, weak side linebacker. Don't give him too much to do right now. Let's get him really strong at that. With Demetric Felton, again, part of it has to do with Anthony Schwartz being out. But I, th- I think some of it has to do with the fact that he just looks like he belongs and he looks really solid whenever he's out on the field.
3: Yeah, and speaking to him today, you could tell – and he came up this way when we talked to him on the draft night, whatever, what was that day three you've been. He's a confident young man who's about his business. You can tell he's in the playbook. He refuses to be caught off guard or unprepared. Uh, he made a point about staying up late, probably later than most of his teammates studying this stuff, much later than some of the, the D-linemen, I'm assuming. No, no shot to D-line. I just – no, I, I, I tend to know what, what goes on there. And it's a lot of playing rather than thinking where you're asking Demetri to know both. He, he's really being asked to know what tight ends know, right? Entire pass production situations, entire route concepts, and then the full play if he's the one getting the ball as a running back. He really has to know everything which is in line with the quarterback and tight end, which is impressive. It sounds like he can handle it to Mary Kay's point. What I'm waiting to see is what I just alluded to. It's the pass pro I've noticed in practice that when he's playing running back, he tends to get the ball when he's in the slot, he's in the slot, but can he be the running back and not get the ball and pass protect that might be, that's literally the, the biggest difference probably between him and Kareem Hunt aside from when they have the ball in their hands. You know, no one wants to cut no, people blitzing defensive backs are scared of Kareem Hunt, right? I'm not sure what blitzing corners or safeties or especially linebackers are going to be afraid to Dermitrick. We'll find out Saturday. And that will help, I think, diagnose his role because if you can't pass protect at running back, then you're probably going to have limited snaps there and now you're a slot guy. But as for being overloaded, I thought about that too, Dan. And then when I heard him speak today, combined with Mary Kay's point about
0: him just always looking the part out there, it, he seems to be handling it all pretty well. And it probably helps that he started down this path on his own before he got here. It's not like he showed up in Berea and they're like, here's what we're going to do. Yeah. You know, he, He's already, already dabbled in, in both sides of, you know, both positions
1: okay there we go browns and jacksonville hey Alice, i found the line uh let's see i, I gotta pull it up here this is from uh, i moved away from my window here here we go how about this jacksonville favored by two points Woo. Saturday
3: night. see vegas knows that it's going to be a tie game going to the fourth <laughs> and it might just come down to a tim tebow two-point
0: conversion to end the game so i'm going there's with no the more board. there's no more overtime right Next to that, didn't right?
1: They? I think I think they I think they got rid of it. Yeah. Go ahead, go ahead, Mary Kay.
2: Yeah, I wanted to bring up one more thing before we uh, before we jump off here in a minute, and that is, I thought somebody would choose JOK as somebody to watch in this game, just because he's another guy that I think that they um, you know have such a big, they have such high hopes for JOK and such big plans for him. Uh, and of course, some of those plans were thwarted by him missing the first full five days of training camp while on COVID-19 reserve. But I'm still very interested to see how far along he is. Does he look like he's in the right place? Does he look lost? Does the moment look too big? Is he, uh, is he ready for this as well?
3: So. Yeah. And to end this, how we started it on Mary Kay's point, you know, what if Jok just is out there playing fast and all of a sudden establishes his himself as a guy who just looks the part, who dominates the field of play. Remember, this is supposed to be a, a first round pick as high as like number eight or nine to the, the Denver Broncos in some of these mock drafts. So Mary Kay, it's a great point. He could come out there and look like a, a Denzel Ward or a top 10 pick from an earlier year. Uh, it remains to be seen. I'll take the push and the under for anyone
1: betting preseason games.
3: I hope you're not betting it, but if you are, there's my advice.
1: Ellis loves Ellis loves a good push.
0: <laughs> on <Get>
1: <laughs> okay, before we go, I want to give a shout out to a couple of folks who left us five star reviews. Mud from Monday said, "Hey, great discussion from all of them." And then a real shout out here to the Doctor Michael on Monday, a Denver transplant says he's an Ohio boy who now lives in Denver. This podcast helps me feel like I'm, like I'm at a very well-informed barbershop or in the schoolyard talking about the Browns when I like when I was young. Y'all took today off and it made me realize how much I depend on you keep up the good work crew and grow and go Brownies. So thank you the Dr. Michael and thank you Mud for those reviews. Leave reviews for us. Maybe I'll read them at the end of the pod. Maybe I'll get in this habit. If you leave us a good five-star review or something funny or whatever, as long as it has five stars on it, uh, I'll give it a read here at the end of the pod. Okay, that'll do it. The next time we talk to you will be after the Browns play Jacksonville. I'll be honest, I'm not entirely sure when after the Browns play Jacksonville, but you will hear from us at some point after the Browns play Jacksonville. So for Ellis, Scott and Mary Cam, Dan, thanks for listening, everybody.